I'm going to put that in the fucking episode. No. No, no, no. I'm going to, let's just go ahead and, no. let's just go ahead and, so you come down to your nervous that you started your period a week early, okay? Yes. You interrupt my advice section Sorry. to talk to me about, no, 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 it's okay. I you were almost done. No, I am almost done. I was, I was about to wrap it up, but now we're here. So you're worried that you started your period a week early. Didn't give context to the fact that you're overwhelmingly stressed with all of the changes happening in our lives, right? That's not where your brain went. No. Your brain went to something's wrong, and you had seven Lunchables yesterday. <laughs> I know that's what my body is doing. It's like you fed me like shit, you animal. Here's the deal. You are 100%. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. baby. You are 100% having your period because you are emotional right now. Yeah. And I haven't liked you the last three days. Yeah. And that's when I know. So this is normal. So this is normal. You're just, you're just a, you're just five days early. I'm sorry. You're good. I love you. I love you. What's up, Cubs? Just sloppy as all fucking get out. Trapzilla City. Babe, I'm gonna keep dancing on that bridge till the stars come home. And cheer up, babe. Fucking knocked it out of the park, <laughs> dude. What's up, Cubs? Welcome back to Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. I'm your host, VJ Julio, and I'm back. And I'm back. Did we take the longest reprieve we've ever taken? Yeah. Yeah, because let's see. Let's just run it. Let's just run it. Been a month. Month ago got sick. What kind of sickness? I don't know. All I know is I was bedridden, bedridden. All right. Now, one thing about your man's is that he doesn't get bedridden. Okay. Like someone could chop my leg off and I'd be like, well, I got shit to do. So I was bedridden for two days. Now, did mama bear step up and just absolutely knock it out of the park? Yes. Okay. Did I maybe milk it a little bit? Yeah, but don't tell her that. Okay. Could have there been, were there lapses in the fevering? where I had about an hour and an hour and a half of reprieve where the fever broke and I was feeling okie dokie laying downstairs in the guest bedroom. Was I feeling okay for about an hour and a half? Yeah, I was a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Did I go upstairs and help out? No. Cause that's my time, you know? So there were, there, there were, there were patterns of milking it. There were patterns of milking it. And then there were patterns of I'm going to die. So there's a yin and yang in life is what I'm saying. And you just got to you just got to take the yin and yangs of life as they come. And then it was Father's Day, C minus. And then, you know, just uh, the house. You know, just this fucking house. Just this, just this house that I hate. Just this house that I purchased because it was time to start a family. And then we started our family. And we brought our babies home to this house. And we started all of our family unit memories in this house that house i fucking hate it now okay i hate it now just everything that goes into the cell of a house if you're trying to get the most money out of it is just so nonsensical and ridiculous and you're like i feel like i've been you've been talking about this for three months welcome to my life babe welcome to my life first of all okay some things never change like how every spare minute is filled with motherfucking paint and i motherfucking hate painting used to like it was a creative outlet now if i never see another paintbrush i'll be happy i'll be happy 
This house took that piece of my soul and buried it in the ground. This house destroyed my creativity spirit and smashed it down. And I'm gonna burn it down. Burn this motherfucking house down. Also, we still watch Frozen. And yeah, dude, so... I, I literally, in terms of like personal lives, in terms of like, wonder what's been going on with Papa Cub. Wonder what's been going on there. In terms of that, nothing new. Nothing new. It's painting and putting up stupid fucking transition strips, and then I paint some more, and then it's, and then and then the realtor, which is also a family friend, and we absolutely love these people. They're like close personal family friends, but it's a realtor. And I'm at work, and I know she's gonna be going to my house to talk to Jordan about next steps. And I know that part of that next steps is making me an entire fucking spreadsheet of things that I need to do in the next week. And one of them, th one of them is gonna be painting 17 things, even though I've painted 117 things. I'm not mad. I'm just over it, okay? And I've never been so burnt out on something. This is a genuine, this is, oh look, he, he entered the genuine part of his soul. Um, I got so burnt out once that I shut down for a day. I shut down for a whole day and I couldn't even pinpoint it. No matter how deep into my psyche I tried to dive, could not pinpoint why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Turns out, hindsight's twenty twenty. Turns out, I just, I'm just run down, you know? I got six jobs, I don't get tired. No, motherfucker, I was tired, you know? Because every single day, you wake up, you go to work. While you're at work, in a job that you're leaving, which feels to be imploding, you feel like you're just kind of wasting your time, Right? And you know that in the back of your brain, when you get home, you don't get to just hang out and play with the kiddos. You know that there's tasks that need to be done. There's tasks that need to be done, so that's constantly in the back of your brain. And, you know, you do that on repeat for four weeks in a row. And then it's just, some things never change. Like the feel of your hand in mine. Some things never change. Let's burn it down and get the fire insurance. So, if my house burns down, it's not premeditated just because I sang about it. It's a frozen song. It's creative. It's, it's, all of my painting creativity has now relayed itself into singing creativity. And so I guess some things do fucking change. Like where your creative outlets go after the house breaks your spirit. And you just want to fucking slit your wrists. So this one's probably going to get taken down talking about suicide and stuff. But, you know, this just welcome to the den, dude. Welcome to the den. I missed you. And... On a real note, these four weeks off have given me a lot of time. Also, caring about my job 50% uh, less than I normally did has given me a lot of free space in the brain. It's been nice. It's been nice. I've, get to, I've got to do a lot of like deep dives into my own psyche. Just, It's good to sit with yourself and be quiet a little bit. It's good to sit with yourself and break certain problems down. You know, because everyone has problems. We all got problems. We all got shit that we've been ignoring or pushing down for a really long time that when we have a quiet moment, it's good to visit them. And it's good to be honest with yourself, you know, like just simple stuff, just simple stuff. We probably won't go into specifics about it because, oh, that's the most personal thing. But one thing that I've been really having a deep dive about is just... Like what what values do my does my family represent? Like what what foundational truths do, does my family represent? Because if you would have asked me, you know, four years ago, it's like, oh, be nice, be a good person. Okay, that's the most 
non-specific fucking answer of all time. It's kind of like when I talk to you guys about being proud of yourself. It's like, do something that makes you proud of yourself. It's like, that's the most non-specific general bullshit of all time. I'm calling myself on that nonsense. Call myself on that nonsense. You got to peel those layers back. So I was peeling the layers back and I was like, okay, well, what does being a good person dictate? You know, well, first you have a high, I feel like when I did my deep dive, it's like, no, well, first you have to have a hierarchy of importance. You have to have levels of what is most important in your life and fundamentally take care of the top thing. You know, like for me, for example, the health and safety of my family is top priority, which I'm sure that's like, what, 99% of dads and husbands, husbands and fathers? Like that's 99% of us, top, top of the food chain in our hierarchy of needs, you know? And I was like, okay, but how do you accomplish that? And then you peel that layer back. What does health and safety constitute? Well, is your family adept? Like, is your family prepared for, like, the onslaught of horrors that are awaiting it in the world, you know? Like, you go to Barnes & Noble, and a guy runs up on you, and it turns out he's just asking for money, but you're holding your baby, and it's like, are you adept in that situation? If it wasn't just an asking for money situation, are you a, do you feel confident and comfortable that you would be able to keep your family safe? Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. Did I feel kind of like an asshole for a second because I responded kind of viscerally to the person? Yeah. So I'll just fucking drop into that story for a second. We were at Barnes & Noble. We're just looking at books because we're fucking dorks, you know? And I'm raising dorks, but I'm raising badass little athletic dorks. Ixo facto their father. So we're at Barnes and Noble. We pick out some books and we're leaving. And Jordan and Charlotte are probably 15 paces ahead of Gracie and I, because on the way out, Gracie had to look at something specific. And Jordan said, I'm going to go put Lottie in the car. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to look at these little figurines for five seconds and then eventually talk Gracie out of the fact that we got to go. So Gracie and I are like 10 strides behind the other two girls and I'm holding Gracie because we're going to the parking lot you get picked up so I picked her up and we're walking and as we're walking out of the corner of my eye I see a guy jogging it out you know now I'm not military trained but I'm essentially military trained your man's head is on a swivel at all times okay there do I sit to my back to the room no no I don't when we go when we go to IHOP and we sit in a booth do I strategically place myself so I have eyes on the entire room? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in the Marines. I'm just not a fucking moron, okay? I understand that there are dangers, and I understand that within my family, I'm going to be the best option in order to prevent those dangers from entering the playing field, okay? Now, at this point, you're thinking, sounds pretty paranoid. Well, scroll social media for 15 minutes and don't get paranoid you know scroll have your wife fall asleep every single night to a murder documentary and don't get paranoid you know read twitter for less than 30 seconds and don't get paranoid it's easy to get paranoid so you you have to stay for me, all right, I'm saying you, like you have to do this, you have to do this. No, for me, the best way for me to enjoy my day-to-day -day and enjoy my time with my family and soak up every ounce of happiness that I can, I have to make sure that at the baseline of that, I am aware. Once I'm aware and I feel like I have 
I can observe every, observe most situations, then it allows me that chance to release and relax and enjoy my time. All right? That's my process. Say what you will about it. Okay? But we're walking out of the Barnes & Noble, and I'm holding Gracie in my left arm. And the guy is approaching from the left. Now, at this point in the interaction, he's about 20 feet from us, but he's closing ground. Right? I haven't even fully assessed what this guy looks like or anything like that. I just know that someone's closing the gap from the left. So quickly and aggressively, I kind of move Gracie out from in between the middle of the situation. So I swivel like that. And by the time I swivel around, now he's 10 to 5 feet away. And his jog distance is breaking. But he's, you know three arm lengths away from me, right? And he's like slowing down his jogs, bringing it into a walk, but I put my hand out like aggressively. So I swivel her and I put my hand out. I was like, hey. And he was like, oh, hey, hey man, uh, you got a couple bucks? And I was like, no. But I just stayed like this and didn't break eye contact and was fully ready to drop Gracie behind me and handle business if I have to. Would it traumatize her? Yeah, but she would also know in that traumatization that daddy's got my back no matter what, right? So it was just a very, it was, uh... now here's the deal. I have like a presence about me. Like I have a face where probably three times a week I get approached and asked for, like you got any money on you? I don't look rich. We all know that. But there's something about the way that I walk about the world where if there's a person asking for money, they're going to ask your mans. And I've just fully accepted that as a part of my reality. So I'm used to it. We don't even have like a homeless problem or whatever you, you want to say. Like there's not per capita, pretty low where we live per capita. But I think I have a sensor implanted from uh, the leader of the homeless people. And they say like, he's a pretty nice guy. You could, if he has a dollar, he'll give you a dollar. If he has a couple bucks, he's going to give you a couple bucks. He doesn't have it very often because he doesn't have a lot of money and mainly he just carries cards. But if he does have it, he's going to give it to you. Okay. That's what he does. Or he'll bring you into a store and buy you chicken strips. Did that once. Did that once. And then she tried to pick out more things. And I said, let's just stick with the chicken strips. They're $6.99, you know, balling on a budget here, helping on a budget here, you know, you know, feeding on a budget here. All right. Also, now I can't get my food, like literally so strict of a budget that I came here to pick myself up a lunch and you asked for food and I bought you food with the money that was going to be used for my lunch. Now I don't get lunch just going to have to drink black coffee when I get back to work. Like, so don't pick out more things. Okay. Now I'm getting sidetracked because I haven't talked about this out loud ever. And that's usually what happens on this podcast. I don't talk about these things out loud until I sit down with you, babe. And that's part of it. That's part of this. We're just, we're just learning as we go here. We're just figuring it out as we get, as we discuss it, which is how ideas are shared, which is how answers are implemented. You know, but I swivel on this guy and I'm like, yo. And he's like, oh, hey, man, you got a couple bucks. I was like, no. And he was like, oh, all right. And he just kind of stands there. But then Jordan had seen him and saw the whole interact. Like she my wife knows me so well. She probably saw the guy from behind her head running up to me and she didn't go, oh, no, Gracie and VJ are in danger. She probably went. 
oh no, I have to step in or VJ is going to lose his cool on this guy for sure because he's a protective papa bear and that's just what happens. So she walks up with $2 bills and gives it to him and he goes, oh, thank you. And then he glared at me. Hey, man. <laughs> Said thank you to her. Turns back and kind of glares at me as he backs away. Hey, dude, holding my beautiful blonde two-year-old daughter. Okay, like maybe assess. Maybe assess. You know, don't take it as a personal attack on you. Take it as a, you were running at us, right? Maybe take it as a, oh, you didn't, you didn't make the most intelligent decision on who to approach and at which pace and from which angle. And now you're going to be bitter and bad. Hey, you're not a victim. You're asking for money. Okay. You're not a victim here. I'm not judging you based off of what you do, or sorry, what you're doing. I'm not judging you based on that. I'm judging you on how you went about it. I'm judging the situation with which I was approached, so you don't get to just turn around and be like, well, that guy was a fucking asshole. Oh, no, I was contemplating if I had to protect my child, okay? So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you ask for money on a regular basis, maybe just don't approach dads from the left when they're holding their child. You know, just don't do that. But anyways, how did we get there? Oh, yeah, being nice. <laughs> so, like, health and safety of the family was, like, one thing that I broke down. But then it was, like, what? I've been having a lot of deep dives on, like, in or I feel like in order to be a good teacher, okay? So, in other words, in order to be a good parent, you have to have yourself as fundamentally internally figured out as you possibly can because those questions are going to present themselves to you in your life as your children grow they're going to be and if you don't have that shit figured out they are going to cast a spotlight on it so if you have like these little inner voices that are questioning or make you second guess yourself. I guess I guess a best way to put it is like if you have insecurities that you have not attacked or you have not figured out for yourself, they are going to shine a spotlight on you so aggressively. And that's one of the things the last 4 weeks I've been sitting down and I've been talking with myself about what what am I going to be able to tell my kids if they ask me blank. And man, if you haven't been able to do that, if you haven't been able to sit down and have those quiet really tough discussions with yourself about what scares you in this world and how you can not 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 be scared okay like not not be fearful of those things happening but be adept in what your response is going to be when those things happen and what kind of person you're going to have to be in order to handle the fear and the terrors of the world courageously if you when they present themselves if you haven't had those sit down thought processes with yourself ooh you need to and it's tough it's tough you got to open your dark can of worms and this all started for me listening to a podcast and it was about uh what was the name of the podcast it was something about toxic masculinity and how the basis of toxic masculinity is destructive you know like 
what they're going after is destructive. And I agree 110%. Because toxic masculinity has just turned into anything that's masculine. And it's like, come on, dude. You want a bunch of cucks to choose to marry? You want a bunch of cuck dudes who are feeble and weak? Like, come on, dude. No. You want like a loving, nurturing guy that can also protect your family. You know? Right? Like, I feel like that goes without... I feel like that's pretty fundamentally true. Like, where are my single ladies at? You know? Where are my single ladies at? All my single ladies. 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 Now, I did not mean to bastardize uh, Queen Bee that way, but Morgan with what I got. So, all my single ladies. Like, if you were to pick a guy... You would want a guy who's adept, right? Now, this is this is a genuine question because I'm a guy, right? I'm a guy. So I have no fucking idea on how the inner workings of your brain work. Like, I have no idea. I have the, an idea on how the inner workings of one woman's brain work, and she's upstairs with my kids. I have an idea on her, but I don't have, like, a grip on the female embodiment as a whole. So it's like, you want a capable guy, right? You want a guy that can, like, protect you and keep you safe and provide for you when you need. And I'm not saying provide for you in terms of financially. Yeah, go ahead. Girl, boss it up. I'm saying, like, provide you with what you need, you know, whether that be emotional support. He's emotionally intelligent enough that he can navigate those waters with you. But if you're out and about with him, you feel safe and comforted because you know that he can handle danger, Right? Like, I think of... I, circling it right back to Twitter, I look at some of the shit I see on Twitter, and I'm like, that's what y'all are in... Like, y'all want... Y'all, for lack of a better word, y'all want bitches. Y'all want a guy that has no backbone that you can just dominate and just kind of push around? I don't understand the utility in that. I don't understand how you're going to go forward through life with that guy. And the basis of the podcast was just like that, uh, the breaking down of that. Where it's like, yeah, there's toxic masculinity is a lack of masculinity, I feel like. And I hate that phrase so much now because of what it's turned into. Like toxic masculinity is not masculinity at all. Masculinity is being confident and adept and comfortable in situations and being a provider, but doing it with like a loving angle, a happy, loving, nurturing angle. That's masculinity. The little aggressive fucking screamo boy who takes all of his internal demons out on you verbally or physically, that's not masculinity. That's the lack of it. That's the antithesis to it. That's a weak little bitch who's immature. It's the opposite of masculinity. Like masculine, masculinity is strong and stable and comfortable. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like if you try to have those conversations with like a person who has dedicated their whole life to now, like they had a bad interaction with a guy and now they've dedicated their whole life to like the taking down of the patriarchy for lack of a better term, for lack of a better term. 
it's like you can't even sit down and have a conversation with them because they're so rampant in their one-sided belief system that no toxic masculinity has everything to do with men and i don't care what kind of guy you are you're a piece of shit because you're a dude okay where are you gonna go from there dude (laughs) where are you gonna go from that like what are you gonna do like what are you gonna do who are you gonna who are you gonna be with i feel like fundamentally everybody wants to be with somebody who are you gonna be with if you just bastardize all men like if you know, like, it's gotten so far away. Like, even guys that would deem themselves as a feminist or, like, pro-women or something like that. It's, like, it's gotten so down the rabbit hole that you've segmented this populace of dudes so far away that not only will you not have support, but you're just setting, like, society up for a collapse. That's how it feels. It's, like, we as dudes, we want to partner up, Right? So dudes want to partner up fundamentally with women. Now, if all that's out there about what women want out of a guy is, well, all men are trash, you're going to take away all the characteristics that make a good guy a good guy. Like, you're going to take away everything that makes, like, an adept man a man. You're going to take all those things away. Because he's just going to want to conform to what is going to line him up as the best mate. And we have no way to go off of that other than what you're telling us. So if you're telling us you want all of these weak attributes, we're going to ascend to reach those weak attributes at the complete detriment of everything that could have been good and stable about us as a guy. Because we think with our dicks most of the time. Right. And our dicks, they're like, well, this is what she wants. (laughs) And then you have a guy that never lives up to his potential and you have a relationship that never lives up to its potential because you don't have two strong, capable partners in it. And it's like, come on, dude. And don't even give me don't even dare align me with these fucking red pill douchebags that are all over the fucking Internet right now. I'm talking about. A strong, capable guy who has emotional intelligence. Not a controlling guy. I mean, you guys know. All my cubs know that I'm the complete antithesis to controlling, especially when it comes in relations with my wife, with women in general. Like, I am... There's nothing that should be controlling about a relationship. There's nothing that that should have a controlling aspect to it. There is just guidance and helping from both sides, from both fronts. And shit, sometimes I fall short on that. Like that, I wasn't joking when I said that I had like a depressed day. I had a fucking crash and burn, weak ass, depressed day, right? And I told Jordan, like, I was like, I don't know what I need. I'm just destroyed. Like, I'm just crushed right now. And and I, I even preempted that conversation with saying like, this is like really vulnerable for me to even tell you because I don't like you to see me in this light, but I'm... I'm pretty broken today. I'm struggling today, you know. But instead of telling her what I needed, because I didn't know what I needed, I shut down. And she kept pressing and saying, like, what do you need, babe? And I would just be like, nothing. I'm fine. Nothing. I'm fine. Like, so basic bullshit, you know. I'm good. And then I, so I shut down. She shuts down. We go to bed, shut down. 
right? And the next day, you know, after I've slept on it, and like for me, it's like, yeah, that's usually how long it lasts. It doesn't happen often, but when it happens, it's like, yeah. The next morning, I'm always like, I'm good, you know, I'm sorry, I just, I was just really exhausted. And then we had a nice open-hearted discussion of, over coffee the next morning where, and it got, and it got so silly. And this is like a really, this is a personal interaction with me and my wife, but I'm going to tell you about it because it was important and it taught me something in a relationship that I've been in for 10 years that was inherent. And it called out a certain way that I was thinking about my wife that wasn't fair to her. So I said, like, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to be coddled yesterday. Like, I wanted to be, like, touched. Not in a sexual way. Like, that, it's hard to listen to a podcast that's inherently silly, and then you hear the word touched and not be like, oh, he's a pervert. No, 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 not that way. I wanted to be, like, coddled. Because I don't ever, I don't ever need that or get that. It's just not. Like, but I was like, I don't know. I felt really, really broke down and I just wanted to be fucking coddled and I don't ever get like that. And I told her that and she's like, well, you need to tell me that. Like, why didn't you just say that's what you needed? I'm more than happy to do that. And I said, because it's the end of the day, you're so touched out by the kids that the last thing I want to do is add to your like level of stimulus where all you do all day is comfort and care for these kids and love on these kids. And as much as we love it, I understand that how emotionally exhausting it is and how important it is at the end of the day that you get your stimulus down by just lack of contact. Like you just, you need that decompression time to just wind it down. I was like, so I didn't want to add to that by being like, okay, now that now that the kids are in bed and you finally get your moment of allowing <laughs> your nervous system to come down and just kind of deep breath the day, instead of doing that, can you baby me a little bit and like cuddle me and tickle my back? You know, like, so I told her, I was like, I just didn't want to add to it like that and I also didn't want you to think that I was just trying to turn it around for sex in that way, like using some sort of weird sympathy move to be like, to then turn it into like, all right, let's get fucking, you know, I didn't want you to think that that was like my angle. So instead I just shut it all down. And she said, I get to take care of you in that way, maybe three or four times a year. So I love when I get to do that because I don't get to do that with you very often because you never need it and you took one of those days away from me and I was like I did not think that would be the response to this and I told her I didn't want to add to your day you know I didn't want to do this and do that I like I'm here to be a de-stressor I didn't want to add more work for you to do emotionally and she said you don't think that I would be able to toughen up and take care of you for one day especially when you're the type of guy that I don't have to do that ever you don't think that I could take care of you when you need it when you don't need it all the time and I was just sitting there like well I didn't think of it that way <laughs> I thought of it the way that I think about everything where it's like I know that I can take care of myself 
no matter how hard it gets. And I do that because I'm thinking about how I can take care of my family, no matter how hard it gets. And the fact that she wrapped that up with you took one of those days away from me was exactly what I needed to hear. Like to its core, it was exactly what I needed. There's so, there's so many moments that I go through with this woman that strengthen our preconceived notions of what we've already established in our relationship, you know? Because we think of everything as like a story, right? We're looking at everything as like an outside perspective in terms of like, if I was to describe my relationship to somebody else, that's kind of telling about my relationship through the abstract idea of a story, right? So we have, even when you're in the relationship, you think about it that way. It's like, yeah, no, I, we do, we handle each other this way and we know how we do it this. And I know that fundamentally she cares about me inherently this way. And you have all these stories and then you have actual emotional interactions where you're discussing a situation with your wife and she validates exactly what you know her to be. And as a guy, dude, it is so easy to forget that. And it's so easy. You know how hard it is to admit that you need something? Oh, fucking forget it, dude. That's my biggest weakness, I think is just the admittance that I need something. And that's another one of those things that I've had a deep dive about in these last few weeks is that's probably my biggest fault is like, nah, I got this shit. Nah, I know what I need. Yeah, I'm going to take care of it. Yeah, I got this. I got that. I'm good. I'm all good in the hood, baby gorgeous. I got this shit on lock 24-7. You having a weekday? Yeah, I could really use this. You going to tell anybody about it? No. That's a fault of mine, and that's something that I'm peeling back, and that's something that I'm becoming, as a person who isn't overly second-guessing about themselves, that's definitely a glaring weakness that I have, because it's hard to admit that you need something. It's really difficult. And I'll tell people all day, like, how important it is to voice those types of things, but then, hey, do as I say, not as I do, right? Because, oh, no, 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 that that's applicable in your situation, but that's not applicable in mine. And that's not fair. That's not fair to me. That's not fair to my wife. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned the last few weeks. And it was a really, really nice thing to learn. But Cubs, I have a task. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I've been trying to, so since I've been doing these deep dives into myself, I've been looking into certain things. And one thing that we're going to do together. All right. I haven't done this yet because I want to do it with the Cubs. I figured this would be a nice little way to come back after a break. So here's what we're going to do as a little revisiting. We're going to, you're going to go to understandmyself.com and you're going to pay 10 bucks and you're going to take the personality test. And I am also going to do this this week. And then next week we're going to revisit it. And we're going to compare and contrast answers. We're Not answers, but results. We're going to compare and contrast results. And we're going to get to know ourselves fundamentally better. And we're going to assess where we're weak. Okay. Like we're going to, we're going to break it down. Here, I'm just going to go understandmyself.com. Just do it, by the way. Just do it. But listen to this. This is, gonna, this is important because if you want to figure out how to answer the questions that you have in your life, you have to know what you're working with. And what you're working with is yourself. All right? 
So this is what we're going to do. You're going to go to the understandmyself.com and you're going to take the quiz. Am I monetized for this? No. Does this have anything to do with that or some sort of ad placement or any sort of bullshit like that? No. This is a den assignment. We're doing homework this week. Fucking get to it. All right. The understand myself assessment and report is based on the big five aspect scale, the scientific model that describes your personality through the big five factors and each of their two aspects. The assessment only takes 15 to 20 minutes. Your resulting report will give you a comprehensive description of the factors and aspects of your own personality. You will, for example, learn how agreeable you are relative to others and how your agreeableness breaks down into the aspects of compassion and politeness. You will also learn how these aspects of your personality influence how you act towards and react against the various people and situations you find yourself dealing with every day bazinga you know like that's what we're gonna do so take it i'm gonna take it we'll break it down next week and then we're gonna learn if we are if we got shit we need to work on because probs we do probs we do all right cubs we're gonna transition here and we're gonna get into the worst best video i've ever seen it's not even that long it's like 15 seconds long you it's not even gonna be a big old fucking breakdown you just get to come along for the ride on this one you just get to come we're just gonna watch this together this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the horrific history of the world. <laughs> okay? Take that how you will. I really hate to be the dude that fucks with us. You think? <laughs> I mean, hell. <laughs> dude! <laughs> For those of you listening, Okay, I don't even know how I'm going to verbally break this down in the way that would give it the respect that it deserves. Okay, now, you got Tony and Trent standing back-to-back shirtless, okay? And they gave each other a few tattoos. They gave each other a couple tattoos, and what the tattoos are is the monster energy symbol. Of course it is! First of all, you could have guessed that before I even said it. Of course it is. Now, meth one and meth two are in one of their parents' bathrooms, and they're standing back-to-back showing the camera their monster energy drink tattoos. At face value, you think that that monster energy symbol stands for monster energy, and it doesn't. They changed it. It stands for meth. And the skinny one of the two guys that for sure need to get bullied so bad that it's insane says, I'd really hate to be the one that fucks with us. And then the fatter one, who's quick on the ball and quick with his words, and obviously they're both intellectuals, goes, you think? (laughs) I mean, and turns to the camera and punches his own hand. Like, he's in a 1980s schoolyard bully movie scene. Let's watch it again. It's the best video of all time. (laughs) I really hate to be the dude that fucks with us. You think? (laughs) I mean, hell. (laughs) How much did those guys jack off to Andrew Tate? I basically worked with these two guys and <laughs> as a summer job, I worked as an insulator. 
at a mine, okay? It was a phosphate mine. And my our job, this was just like a summer gig, our job was when there was a pipe breakage, was to go in and fix the pipe. Like, like cut the line, patch it, re-insulate it, get it flowing again right so that was our whole that was our whole job now day one the safety officer for them we have like a safety meeting in the morning this is my first day on the job i don't even know what the job entails yet i just know like i'm gonna be working here for three months before i go back to college he goes so what'd you do and i was like what and he was like what did you do and i was like wrestled <laughs> and he was like and he was like have you been to have you been to jail and i was like no also hi you know like also first interaction hi my name's vj i'm here on my first day he opened up with so what'd you do wrestled i don't fucking know what to say I don't know what to say in that situation. It was such an outside-the-box fucking no-context question. And he's like, what'd you do? And then he goes, what'd you go to jail for, basically? And I was like, no. And he was like, you're the only one here. And I was like, great. Great. All nonviolent crimes, I'm assuming, based off of the dental situation. Same dental situation that's going on in this video. Also, one of the guys that I worked with was an aspiring tattoo artist. He was actually a great guy. He was my favorite one. Great personality. Quiet kid. Actually had a huge talent for tattoos. But I'm basically rubbing elbows with the guys in this video. And that's fine, dude. They were all good in their own right. Just like I'm sure these guys have attributes that are decent like when like when they're when they're sleeping or when they're quiet or when they're watching pro wrestling like when they're watch when they're watching the WWE and stone cold Steve Austin comes out and they're just happy that's probably when they're at their best you know every other moment that's not great but there are that's what i'm saying about human beings dude there's these little pockets where you can see like the human side where it's just like oh they're good guys you know for them it's right after they've ingested some sort of drug and then they're sleeping you know like that's that's for them the best spot but i'm saying is i worked side by side with these guys and it wasn't great i really hate to be the dude that fucks with us you think <laughs> i mean hell i got nothing to say oh <laughs> yeah. that fuck says enough doesn't it <laughs> you think <laughs> i don't got really anything else to say i mean hell <laughs> What's he going to say? What's he going to say to back it up? Oh, shit. Said all he needed to say right there, dude. <laughs> That's toxic masculinity. Oh, we figured it out. All right, ladies, here's the deal. All right, moving forward. Unless they're that guy. Let's not use that phrase anymore. Okay. The bullying segment of the show is over. <laughs> and let's get into some. Let's let's re let's do it, dude. Let's get into some advice. Let's get into some unqualified dad advice. Y'all ready for this? I'm not gonna fight. I'm not gonna lie. I feel so rusty doing this shit because I, uh, I mean, Jesus, it's been over a month. I feel rusty. Feel kind of feels kind of strange. Feels kind of out of body to be sitting here 
talking with you, but we'll get back into it. We'll get back in the swing of things. It's been tough, though, because some things never change. Like how we'll have an advice column at the end of the episode. Some things never change. There's probably 50% of you out there that's never watched the movie Frozen that has no fuck... That has never watched Frozen 2. That has no idea what I'm even referring to. But it's a song for Frozen 2, and it's embedded in my brain. Every day when my feet hit the floor, it doesn't matter if we haven't watched that fucking movie for two weeks. Every day when my feet hit the floor, some things never change. Like the feel of your hand in mine. Some things stay the same. Like how we get along just fine. Your man's got rhythm. Okay. Kind of want to spend my next birthday without my friends or family. So quite a few of my birthdays have left me in tears looking back on them, and not in a good way. My last birthday, for instance, my nose had been broken three days prior, so I had bruising around my eyes and couldn't do the VR thing I really wanted to do. It's fine, though, because I went sword shopping with my siblings, and they volunteered to pay for them. Okay. Though wound up buying their own swords, and I paid for mine myself. My mom wouldn't even really look at me. Or wish me a happy birthday when she saw me either. The birthday before that was shortly after my mom threw me a surprise moving out party. So it was awkward and I wound up paying for most of who I invited to hibachi. Just loves fucking Asian culture and swords so much. This next birthday I turned 24 on the 20... Everyone's a dork. Hey, VJ. Perspective it. Everyone's a dork. Everyone has the things that they dork out about. It's a beautiful thing. Now, what's the over-under that on his 24th birthday that he asked for a kimono? Very high, but that's not that's nothing to make fun of him about, okay? VJ, figure it out. Understand. Understand that the fact that for his 23rd birthday, he wanted to go sword shopping, and he had to pay for his own sword on his birthday. That's not fair, right, VJ? Is that fair? No, it's not. All right, good. And that's how you self-assess right there. That's how you That's how you pump the brakes. Everyone's a dork about something. It's a beautiful thing. This guy likes cutlery, and that's good. The next birthday, I turned 24 on the 24th of September. It's your golden birthday, dude. Congratulations. Look at that. My family refers to this as a golden birthday. I'm a fucking fortune teller, dude. I'm a fortune teller. And it's usually celebrated with a big party. Usually, my point is, hey, my birthday is tw- my golden birthday is twenty fourth too. I didn't do anything. So, usually, my point is, this next birthday is really special to me, and I don't want anyone to ruin it. I want to spend it on my own, doing my own little adventure and celebrating me in my own way. The only issue is that it's a hundred percent going to stir up problems with my family. They're going to take personal offense to it and take it out on me. That I would rather spend such a special day somewhere doing who knows what instead of with my family. I just don't know. This is so easy peasy lemon squeezy of a problem to solve, okay? You let them do whatever they want to do, okay? Let them throw whatever motherfucking party they want for you and make them feel all the praise and adulation of, oh, we gave him such a good birthday, you know, jacking each other off and stuff. And in your mind, before the day even starts, understand to yourself that this doesn't count. This is not my birthday. You tell yourself, this is not my birthday. Let them throw a little party. This is just a little side thing. You have full knowledge inside your own soul that this is not my birthday. This is not my celebration. This is not what I'm going to be doing for my birthday. They're just throwing a party for me. Okay? Separate yourself completely. Do the party. 
blah, blah, blah. And then the next day or the day before, I recommend the next day. That way it kind of caps off. You do exactly what you wanted to do for your birthday. Okay? What's up, babe? And then it's the best of both worlds and you don't have to worry about upsetting anyone, but also you've already preemptively separated the fact that you're going to do exactly what you wanted to do for your golden birthday. And you get to kind of smile and chuckle at the fact that on your 24th birthday, on your golden birthday, you got two birthdays. Okay? Bing, bang, bada, sling, dang, as they say in Sweden. I crushed the first one out of the park. I mean, this is a court of one. I'm going to say that was an A plus. That was A plus advice right there. Advice for family issues. Backstories. Backstory. Last week, my parents took my sister, who's 18, and me, who's 19, on a vacation to Italy. Fuck you. Visited my homeland. Visited. You went on my dream vacation. Guess what? Guess what? We're starting this one out with a little bit of resentment. Okay. So let's preface it with that. I resent you, sentence one. Let's see if you could dig yourself out of this hole. It was a great vacation, but had some ups and downs, as does most family vacations. Well, we have returned back from one of my... Wait. We have returned back home, and one of my friends told me that she overheard my sister telling people at a party that the vacation was fine, and she hates her family. Obviously, this is upsetting because I thought it was a good trip, and her and I didn't have to pay for barely anything. Advice. So now I don't know what to do with this information. Like I feel my sister should be told it's not okay to say stuff like that, especially about my family. Additionally, she should recognize the privilege she had to go on such a vacation. I feel she is entitled and needs to learn from this. I first thought was to let my parents know only because they ditched thousands on this trip and should know not to take her on another trip, especially if she was going to have this mindset. But then I felt that it probably wouldn't be a good idea because I don't want to upset my parents as they worked really hard to take us on this trip. So what I have been thinking of is to let my sister know that I heard what she said and it was not okay and to have her write a handwritten letter to my parents thanking them for taking us on a vacation. I don't know what I should do. Any other better ideas or should I just mind my business and move on? So most likely... I mean, let's psychoanalyze the shit out of this one. So she's your baby sister. She's the young one, okay? She's angsty. She's spoiled, clearly. And she likes to be a little different. She thinks it's cool to garner attention from giving a response that most people wouldn't give the response of. All she's doing is painting herself in a negative light to... The people that she's telling. So like her friends and stuff, they're just, the chickens are going to come home to roost with her in a way that people are going to be like, well, I don't want to hang out with her. She's a fucking negative, entitled, spoiled little brat who has no appreciation for the amazing things that her family does for her. Also, she's probably just an angsty teen. You know, it's like, God, I hate my parents. You know, I feel like most teenagers go through that. She's just a brat, dude. She'll grow out of it. Let her feel the shame of not appreciating things when they happened as she gets older and mature rather than trying to put a spotlight on it now because all it's going to be met with right now is added resentment coupled with embarrassment. And you're not going to get any sort of good um, 
outcome of it. I would say let it slow burn. Let her bastardize herself from the family for a year or two in her angsty teen years and then let her regret grow into a blossoming flower of pain to where she realizes that, oh, I was just being a spoiled little fucking brat and it wasn't fair to treat my family that way and now I'm embarrassed. Play the long game with it. And you know who wins the long game? Life, dude. If you don't in if you don't step in and just let life and karma and the will of nature overtake a situation and point out flaws, oh, dude, it's the most satisfying gratification. You know? It's the most satisfying. Also, she's not going to learn anything about herself unless she comes to it herself. Okay. I'm fucking two for two. Shia. Bitch-ass blanket post. Okay. Scroll. Stop. Need to make money to move out. I'm 19 and I need to escape from my family and cut them off because they worsen my mental health and are holding me back from improving myself. I don't have a car. I never had a job. I'm not independent. I never go out alone and I don't know how to do basic adult things. I still have one more year of high school starting in August. Got held back. And during that year, I also need to get 100 hours of community service hours. That's why I went to jail. So that means I'm stuck with my family for at least another year, which I probably won't be able to handle. I basically need to escape and live alone and cut them out of my life ASAP. I don't know if I'm going to college or just getting a job after high school ends. Doesn't have a plan. It'd be way easier to stay under my parents' roof and they'll support me while I go to college or build up money from a job, but I don't want to fucking stay with them. They'll make me kill myself because of how I feel, of how fed up with them I am I just end up offing myself to take an easy way out of life and not have to worry about being an adult okay do it you lack any sort of ownership in your life to try and actually grow as a human being and you're just a victim you're just the victim to everything huh everything is attacking you everything is out to get you you've done nothing wrong the world is happening to you because it has a personal vendetta against you. Or maybe you're not that important. And the only way out of these things is to have a little bit of self-realization and self-growth. Maybe point the mirror back at yourself. Have hard looks in the mirror and try to figure out where your flaws are and then attack those flaws. Rather than automatically assuming that you're 0% in the wrong and constantly projecting and playing the victim and having no sense of ownership. What's up? Why? Nothing's wrong. You're stressed. That's not... I'm going to put that in the fucking episode. No, no, no. no. I'm going to... Let's just go ahead and... No. Let's just go ahead and... So you come down, you're nervous that you started your period a week early, okay? Yeah. You interrupt my advice section Sorry. to talk to me about... No, no, it's okay. Now I am almost done. I was I was about to wrap it up, but now we're here. So you're worried that you started your period a week early. Didn't give context to the fact that you're overwhelmingly stressed with all of the changes happening in our lives, right? That's not where your brain went. No. Your brain went to something's wrong and you had seven lunchables yesterday. <laughs> 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 
Here's the deal. You are a hundred percent. Hey, baby. Baby. You are a hundred percent having your period because you are emotional right now. Yeah. And I haven't liked you the last three days. Yeah. And that's when I know. So this is normal. So this is normal. You're just, you're just a, you're just five days early. You're good. I love you. All right, let's wrap it up. It's uh, uh, this is cheer up, babe. All right, no, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna wrap it. We're gonna wrap it. All right, that was episode. I don't even know what fucking episode, dude. It took so. Wait, actually, I can figure it out. Is episode ninety eight? Are we in episode? We're two away from a hundred, baby. All right, that was episode ninety eight. Cheer up, babe. The podcast, babe. Go take the go take the know yourself personality test, okay? Go do it because then we're going to compare and contrast results. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Just think, while I'm talking about my shit, you can you can be looking at your shit and then we can fucking do it together. I just think it's fun, you know? The first step of <laughs> ready for me to end it as cheesy as I motherfucking possibly can. The first step into doing things that make yourself proud of your actions is knowing who you are. And the first step in knowing who you are is knowing what you're working with. Firing on all cylinders, dude. All right. Go out there. Don't be a bummer. And cheer up, babe.